When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show. It is great to be with you. I appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. You're listening to 93.3 Real Talk Radio. You're watching on WarChant TV. WarChant TV. Like and subscribe. Get after the liking and the subscribing. Pound the likes. It's silly with the likes. Everybody simultaneously. One, two, three. Like. <laughs> it's a fun looking thumbs up. Yeah. You just want to click it. That's all you need to do. It's a little tap of the mouse button. A tap of the mouse. Warchant.com for the stories leading up to this game, um, including Third and Lang will be coming out here real soon. I'm told right after the show. Oh, not right after. No, there's a. Uh, I'll be in the conference room here at <laughs> these fine typing. studios, finishing the rest of it. Yeah, I won't be. I'll be leaving here. <laughs> I'll be leaving here the second the show's over, and uh, prepping myself for tonight's. Uh, Beyond the Tips on Sirius XM. If you're a golf guy or gal, it's a show I co-host with the head coach at Florida State University, Trey Jones. And tonight, I'm excited. Uh, we've got a couple of different guests. Georgia Tech's head coach and Rick Neuheisel are going to join us tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. Coach Neuheisel. Coach Neuheisel and I go back a ways from when I did stuff on the college ESPN news station, but Neuheisel is a scratch golfer. Um, of course he is. Oh, of course he is. Oh, and not just a little bit. He's, he's a scratch golfer. Sarcastic enough and dry enough that I could hear him razzing somebody on a, on a course. It totally fits. Can flat out swing it. I mean, really play. Like, you would mistake him for being a professional. Right. He's good. And then he plays you acoustic guitar as you drive uh, to your ball. And you're just like, son of a... Yeah. But I also have always appreciated about Neuheisel, um, his candor. Uh, when Urban Meyer was screwing up at Ohio State, I was hosting a show on a Saturday night... Not exactly a great gig at the time, but it is a national show, so I did. Uh, they, I got called in that week, and they needed me to do that, and I did it. And uh, the story was breaking out of Columbus that he was in trouble. I mean, and there were real problems there, and they were going to call for a press conference for Monday and all this. Well, the producer said, "Who do you want? You know, I'll, I'll put out feelers, but it's going to be tough on a Saturday, you know, to get anybody to come in because people are either working or having a good time. So it's hard to get people to say yes." Neuheisel was on vacation in the Pacific Northwest, and I said, call. Of of course he was. Nowhere else. Yeah, I said, call Neuheisel and uh, see if he'll come on. They're like, well, he's on vacation. I said, just tell him it's me. And he did it. Not that I'm somebody, but he did it because we had worked together before, and I'd I'd worked with him several times. So anyhow, he he came on while he was driving through the mountains at night just to tell me what we all knew, which I appreciated, that Urban Myers has come back. And he said that. And that's not verbatim? Oh, pretty much. Oh, okay. I mean, he said, look, I mean, are you surprised? 
I mean, this guy's revealed himself many times. I was like, damn. Oh, all right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does Trey feel about the squad this week, or, or this season, I should say? Because, you know, I saw the Eastlake Cup on Golf Channel. I'm like, what gives? Why aren't we there? Mm-hmm. We're good enough. No, he likes uh, he likes his team. I think, uh, obviously, you got to have some of the younger guys who played so well last year, but they were able to defer to two frontline guys uh, at the top of that food chain there that were all-world and had proven it in the biggest matches time and again. So it's kind of easy when you're a freshman to sit back knowing, well, you know, Johnny Pack's got me here. You know, I, I can I can ease up here. And and so I, at that point, um, he, knew it, he knew they had talent because they posted nice numbers, but now they're going to be required to lead. Now they've got to be okay. the guys. They've got to be the men. You know, so I think it'll be midway. You know, before you start really realizing what they are, how he feels about who they are, I, I'll say this, and I'll move on from golf because everybody's excited about this football game. But um, Trey has a very um, sort of rigorous proving ground that he puts them through. He believes in creating tournament atmospheres uh, and and seeing how guys perform each week, and he'll take them over to you know Sea Island or all these places, and he'll set up thirty six holes and be like, "It's match play, you versus him." Whoever wins is playing this week. The other one's not. So he puts you through it, and and uh, you know when you when you got to earn it, it uh, expedites the process. That's kind of like what we did when we went over to Jacksonville, and we were on a practice field in fall camp, and it was a sloped field, and they were running <laughs> their sleds into the side of a hill. They couldn't even move them. There was mud everywhere. That's right. We were forging the identity so we could go on the road to Death Valley this weekend and tell them where to stick that rock. Oh goodness, that's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so back to this. Trey Jones' method's got me fired up. I don't know why. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the Socratic method, right? It's like, that's what we're going to do. So I would just tell you that I believe um, I believe we're going to come out believing that we can win the game. And that doesn't sound like much, but it is an awful lot. Uh, you still have to go win your battles, win some one-on-ones, make plays against teams that have – the case of several teams that remain on the schedule, better players. But I would not have thought that a while back, that we would be in this game believing as we step foot on that field against this team that we would do so believing we're going to win the game. And I know athletes lie to themselves all the time. They have to, uh, even when there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary, right, that this is not a good matchup for us. Uh, And I'm not talking specifically about Clemson. I'm saying athletes in general have to do that. They have to gear themselves up in a way that – Gives them a chance to have some confidence and believe, even when they know, well, golly, they, this team hasn't lost at home in 31 games. But I think they do believe it. I think they, I think that's something the three-game win streak has provided them. And so it's not for nothing that you got those wins. It's important. It gives you this chance, this opportunity, and this belief. Now, it may be beaten out of you, but it's nice to go into a game believing, and it's not false bravado. They do believe. I believe that that secondary is playing with confidence. I believe that that front four, which has been very good all season long, is ready to eat because they're watching that same video. They're seeing the same film. Time and again, they look at that, and they see that interior getting blown the hell up. DJ has become a quarterback that sees ghosts. He's a guy that got pressured so often so early in the season, probably much to his surprise. Now, I'm sure coming out of that Georgia game, they were just like, well, you know, I mean, obviously – Game recognizes game. So they looked at that film and went, yeah, those dudes are for real. They got some grown-ass men up front. That's going to be the best defensive line we see all year long. You know, everything's going to be all right. And then it wasn't. That had to be arresting. That had to be shocking to him. Like, oh, we're going to be okay. That's just Georgia. They're going to do that to everybody. 
And then all of a sudden, no, no. Uh, yeah, they are just Georgia, but you aren't Clemson. You're not the Clemson you've been. Everybody's doing that to you every week. Yeah, we only scored 11 more against Georgia Tech than we did against Georgia. Yeah, it had to have been startling. And then it just continued to pile up. So at some point, you have to believe the data points. You have to believe the evidence that's before you. You have to know, like, okay, well, really, we just aren't good. And Dabo has said as much. When he says, pay close attention, when he says, well, the offense is what it is, that's a defeatist comment. That is somebody who's telling you he does not believe it is going to get better. The offense is just what it is. Coaches who believe that the offense is going to get better and is on the cusp of doing good things because they see it in the film and they're frustrated because it's a play here or a play there, they love to run out those old-timey tropes. They'll do it all. Oh, it's just this. It's just that. We're one block away. We're one, you know. He's not doing that anymore. He's not saying that anymore. He did. He did say it for a while. He's not saying it anymore. He's saying things like, the offense is what it is. Man. Inconsistent quarterback play. He'll bring up the term quarterback play a lot this week. Notice that. Uh, yeah. Now, imagine you're that quarterback. You're that quarterback that he's talking about, and he rolls your ass every day. Mm. Terrible. He liked how he responded, though, when they needed a touchdown in the four-minute. Could that be the launching point? That's what they're talking about, the optimists on Clemson Sports Radio this week. I guess. I mean... I know their fans are angry. Tony Elliott bears the brunt of it, but they're very angry. Um, I, I was having to do research because I got to do an interview for that game. And I, was, I went on the various sites that cover Clemson to try to read from those reporters who covered each one of their games, kind of the take. And, of course, when you do that, then you see the responses to those said articles. <laughs> those, those fans are like, hey, look here, man. They're starting to call out guys that you would never think they'd call out. Uh, it's 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 amazing. Um, you know they'll they'll go back and look. It's a little bit like what Florida's doing currently uh, because they're they're done with Dan Mullen. A lot of the fans are like, "Look, man, we're two and six in our last eight games against Power Five teams." And oh, by the way, he plays the wrong quarterback every week. And so it's pretty funny because I I, I knew it was coming and I was just waiting for it. When I was reading these articles about the Florida-Georgia game that I've got a preview, and I was reading the Florida fans, they're like, yeah, you know, by the way, uh, what if what was the quarterback that went to Arkansas for Florida? Uh, oh, Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks. I, I, I saw this, and I cracked up. They're like, if Felipe Franks hadn't gotten hurt, would we have ever seen Kyle Trask? Would if he had known to put him in? There you go. Oh, oh. I'm like, that sounds like a Mario uh, Pender, Dalvin <laughs> Cook conversation yeah, near you. Yeah, And I cracked up. I'm like, here it is. Here it comes. There they go. It's happened. And they're like, well, it took him an awful long time to put in Dak Prescott when he was at Mississippi State. And he kept rolling out that bum, Robertson. Like, Maybe he doesn't know what he's looking at. They're bringing the receipts. <laughs> Somebody else choose personnel. Let him drop the game plan. He's a coordinator. He's not a coach. No, it made me laugh because this week, that's true. They said that. They brought up a game from 2013, and they're like, you know, when he was at Mississippi State, he kept rolling out that bum. He had Dak the whole time. He wouldn't play him. And then finally, he had to acquiesce, and the evidence was overwhelming, but he lost a bunch of games in the meantime. Like, Would we have ever seen Kyle Trask if Felipe Franks hadn't gotten hurt? I'm like, Yes. Well, the good news for us as it relates to Clemson is Pumachan looks, eh, you know, whatever. Well, I don't know how he could – I mean, he, maybe he comes in and plays great and he becomes a hero, but, I mean, the man ruptured his Achilles. Yeah, he did. It, it, not all that long ago. It's really 
quite amazing. So I looked him up yesterday just to, to really lock down the pronunciation of his name, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like, Whew. Clemson's got way too many guys. Oh, they're, you're like, what are we doing they, here? All of the consonants, all the vowels. Everything. They've got them all. Goodness gracious. You've really got to lock it in. Imagine that moment you get tabbed as the color analyst. Uh, you got Clemson this week. Damn it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just spell it phonetically for me uh, on my notepad, yeah, yeah. dear dear spotter. In big giant letters. Yeah. P U M A C H O N. Pumachan. There it is. Pumachan. That's actually easy to say. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So in, in looking that up, I mean, I'm not doing a scout on Clemson in the preseason. They're going to blow us out. That's the thought, right? Of you course. don't spend a lot of time on Clemson's no. offseason and, no. and worry about them. And I, I looked up his name, and there it was. He ruptured his Achilles. I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. Back in 2020, he ruptured. Six months ago? Yeah. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. This kid's back on the field? That's insane. Well, and I can remember when it happened because the thought was it'll be no big deal because they believe in DJ. He had given them that performance against Notre Dame on the road, and he looked so good doing it, right? And everybody went, oh, man, that kid can really play because he lit him up. He went nuts in a high-pressure moment. Uh, and so they thought, oh, well, that's a glimpse of their future, and everybody rolled their eyes, who, who you know, who's tired of seeing Clemson. Again? Got those guys again? Good God. Another one of these guys? But. When that happened and the the injury was noted, uh, I did read an article at the time that said, well, this could be a problem. I mean, we're all assuming DJ's going to be good, but what if he's not? Well, mm. the what if he's not question yeah. has happened, and they did not think that was going to happen, and now there they are going, uh, this ain't good. The other guy didn't have a spring because he had a ruptured Achilles and uh, hasn't really been able to practice much up until recently, so oops. This is not good. Yeah, what's interesting is that problem is so deep-rooted that Pumachon got in against Hughes a few weeks back, and it was it was a change of pace play. It was a package play. But then they expand him to a drive. DJ responds. But mm-hmm. you've got to wonder what the, the rep count is like this week in practice. I would think that, you know, we, we like to say these things, that you spend more time worrying about two quarterbacks. Well, I would think we'd have to at least rep against Pumachon a little bit this week in scout, right? I guess. Um, Either way, you're going to let the quarterback run. This is the Sam Howell game plan. I keep everything in front of you. Absolutely, letting the quarterback run. I'm saying, look, I'm going to take away this other stuff if I can. I'm going to keep it in front of me. I'm going to tackle. Easier said than done. If he actually gets it to him, but I'm going to do that because I'm going to trust that he can't do that on ten and twelve play drives. That he's not going to convert six and seven first downs in a drive just running around. At some point, they're going to get into a situation where they commit a penalty or drop ball or something, and they're well behind the chains, and it's just too much to overcome, perhaps. Uh, Now, listen, they've been begging him to run. Teams have said, we're going to take this other stuff away. And that's part of their frustration with DJ. Right. He won't do it. Well, it's twofold. He won't do it for one in some circumstances. He will. He picks weird spots. He picks weird spots. He had a long run in the pick game, and I thought, oh, here he goes. They finally got to him. Well, he didn't do it the rest of the day. Right, exactly. I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, you know, you're the coach. I, you, well, when he comes off the field after not having run where he could have easily had a first down, it's okay to say, and this is where the fight would get real, hey, man, run your bitch ass for a first down. How many times do I have to tell you this? What are you doing? And he won't do it. It's insane. The other part is when they call design runs, it gets blown up up the middle anyway. So you can't even you can't even call design oh, power yeah. play but for him. But you can roll him out and yeah, give, sure. him, and give yeah. him the option. I, it just shocks me that he – I don't know, man. I, at some point when you're broken and there's a lot of other stuff going on that we don't know about. Look, we saw it here. EJ stopped running. 
He got hurt yeah. in the Oklahoma game. AC joint, yep. And then never again. He's like, that's it, I ain't running. Or I'm just going to spin around and do a whippity-doo in the backfield like an idiot. Ex- well, And so that <laughs> went on and on and on. And we would watch it and we're like, oh, he's broken. Something is wrong. He's broken. The amount of animosity for that 2012 <laughs> season. Oh, it was man! Ridi- but it was ridiculous. You know, it was a combo effort, but that was mostly Jimbo. That wasn't well, DJ. No, no, it was. Uh, yes, yes, he was a little out of line himself. You're right. He broke him. Yeah, and we know the incident. We're not going to talk about that. But he broke him, and but but there, EJ deserves. Yeah, I get it. Okay. There was the spinny whippity do against NC State. Oh, over and over again. Yeah. He did it against everybody. He did yeah. it against Florida, and he got killed for doing in it in a big spot. You're rolling him out. Worst case incompletion. You kick the field goal. You <sighs> win the ball game. Instead, we take the sack and we punt, even though it's a 50 somewhat, which is also on Jimbo. This is ridiculous. Oh, there, yeah, we don't need to do that. I under, but all I'm saying is he was all right too. He wasn't. He wasn't all bad. Wasn't all. He wasn't what DJ's doing. He had more bright, shiny moments than DJ had. He did. Yeah. Um, DJ has Notre Dame. That's it right now. Now we don't need to be the second thing that people say. <laughs> well, yeah. he had Notre Dame and that game against Florida State. Oh, remember that? Yeah, he was terrible except that one day against Florida State. Right. Let's not have that Let's happen. Let's not do that. Yeah. But the one thing I'm looking at on the defensive line is okay, Sir Jermaine Johnson had five and a half sacks the first four games of the season. He's had one well, in, in the last now. three. Yeah, well, they double him. Well, really good players find a way around well, those things. He's still and here's your plays. chance. He's still making plays. I mean, and he made it, you know, you, you'll still, it's not like you don't know he's out there. He still stops the run well. He still creates havoc. He's just not always getting there. This has to be a game where, again... Think about his hit against uh, Howell, against North Carolina. He had a sack. That's his one sack in the last three weeks. Well, but not just that. It was a motor sack. Yeah. He gets to the outside, realizes it spins back, and hammers him. I'm not questioning his motor. All I'm saying is he's won a lot of awards, half-season, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, mid-season All-American team. All right, well, if you are truly that... Go get, go get two on Saturday. Go get fat on Saturday. Absolutely. And he should because they have to commit extra attention to the interior to worry about our D-tackles. So this should be a bona fide opportunity to make a play. Could he's be. also big enough to tackle DJ. Not everybody is, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Jermaine yeah, yeah. Johnson certainly oh, is. Oh, he certainly is. Hey, Kier Thomas could have himself a big day, too. Absolutely. Yeah, he's Back good. to the state of South Carolina yeah, for him. And he's a good football player. We hit on that one. Oh, yeah. We, we Those hit. two guys lead. Uh, yeah, yeah. They do. They do. They lead. They work hard. I love watching them on the sideline, man. I got that gift this past Saturday, man. It changed I just, I already liked them. But to see it, to see the way that they, their leadership is an active leadership, it is series to series. It's nothing about motor or will or any of that stuff. It's just, all right, now, if you're going to be all ACC and, and you're going to be in consideration for a lot of these accolades, including a top 50 draft pick, which a lot of, you know, two, three weeks ago, some of the mock draft people had Jermaine somewhere between 25 and 40. All right, you need to have that second push, and it can really start with the spotlight on you this weekend. This is a real opportunity to do that. Yeah, the game is filled with opportunities for a lot of guys, and I'm excited about that. If you dial up shot plays, it's an opportunity for Jordan Travis to to hit somebody on the numbers in stride like he did against North Carolina. It can be done. He has done it. He hit the the wheel route, uh, the Douglas play, right, to Notre Dame. Um, So, yeah, it can happen, but – you know, I, I just I'm curious. On a, this game is so many questions to be answered. So many questions for them, for us. I mean, you it it, it would almost be fun for a day for us to be doing this in Clemson, South Carolina, to yeah. see what their where their heads at, right? Just to to do this, just as it is for us, because it's two different mindsets right now, but a lot of questions. 
Well, if you're checking, we, we talked about this on the report that will appear on Warchant.com and right here on the Warchant YouTube page if you're watching there later in the week. But if you're checking the boxes for dysfunction and situations where there's clutter, as Jimbo used to say, a lot of noise in the machine, Clemson checks every one of the boxes. You've got a quarterback issue. You've got mental mistakes left and right. Mm-hmm. You're shooting yourselves in the foot in certain situations like red zone. There's a lack of consistency. You've got the coach making negative comments about your players openly to the media, ripping on them. You've got all kinds of issues going on, man. you got trench issues, plain and simple, injuries, all of these things. Check, 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 check. And then you look at Florida State situation, you've got a team that's rested on a bye, then UMass. Unfortunately, Dylan Gibbons got rolled up on in the first quarter against UMass. Hopefully he's ready to go this weekend. But you've got a team that's unified. They're playing together. They're playing for one another. Mm-hmm. They're keeping their head down. They play physical. All of the intangible indicators say that we're going to give them more than a game. Where we're going to play very, very well. But Clemson does have the talent advantage. Are you advantage. taking Florida State plus nine and a half? It's got it's gone under ten now. I see. Yeah, I got on at ten and a half yeah, on Sunday. Get it at 10 and a half, but yeah. uh, yes, I would do that as well. Can you answer this question? We just got a tip. We want to thank you for, for that, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Can you use this tip to purchase a flyer and use any proceeds for team paper or drinks for the staff? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Teampaper.com. I mean, that's where you go for the postgame show. It's NIL stuff. Redistribute your wealth to the players. Help. It's legal. Help. We need to help. <laughs> Got to get kids to say well, yes. It's not recruits. <laughs> it's yeah, for, no, it's no, for no, the current no, roster. I know, but but yeah. It could be for recruits down the line. Sure thing, Rob. You got it, man. Uh, Marcus wants to know, do you think Jermaine Johnson ruined future transfers for us by getting the bar, setting the bar this high? No, he opened the door. He opened the door. Yep. It's, it's the greatest thing that could have happened to us. To have multiple players come in in the transfer portal and play and play well and then maybe still get to where they wanted to go. They, you know, Think about when he goes to Georgia – and he's getting playing time for Georgia. In fact, he had, I think, seven sacks there, right? He, he's, he's at Georgia, best, one of the best defenses in the country, high-profile SEC team, all of that. And yet, he still decides, because obviously this is how elite and, and deep the Georgia defense is, that I'm not getting enough time, I'm going to leave. Well, he could have gone anywhere that he wanted to go. And he certainly could have gone to a place that would have given him more high-profile matchups week to week than Florida State, given the condition of our program. And yet he chose Florida State, and he has stood out nationally for his great play, and he is going to be drafted, uh, maybe even in the first round, maybe. So if that is to happen, now all of a sudden I am a recruit, and I take a look at that, or I'm a player and I'm thinking about entering the transfer portal, and I'm shopping around places to go. Well, Florida State's on the list because of the cachet that Florida State brings to the table, and I just watched this guy, this guy, and this guy go there and still realize their dreams. That means that when he got to Florida State, they properly, obviously, uh, assessed what he was, put him in a position to succeed, and then he started, played well, and went and realized right, that, I mean, right. that all of that adds up to, I'll go there. And you know what he's going to say, and I'm sure it's true, too. Listen, I was made really good by Georgia, but I was developed when I was at Florida State in the year that I had with him. Mm-hmm. That's also important. It's not like, oh, I was just this, a hired gun who they didn't teach me a thing, and I just showed up and right, I balled. Right. We helped develop him. Uh, quickly, you've been called out again because you've really gotten – Soft on the transfer portal. Can you please? It's, thank you. There. Uh, Chef Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. There it is.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Well, I don't, you know, listen, the guy hasn't been on the field all that much, so it's hard to know, but I'm going to guess here, and I think it's a safe assumption, and I would scream from the mountaintops that we need to be on this and on this right now. As I read this to you, Tom, this should pique all of our interest as Knowles. More bad news for the LSU Tigers, according to reports, linebacker Devontique Strong, better known as Bug, Bug Strong. Oh, yeah. Cool ass name. Has entered the transfer portal. Oh, but alas, there it is. There it is. He's played in five games for them this year, but he's a backup. Just 17 tackles. Does have the one sack. He's uh, behind Mike Jones Jr., who's a stud. He's behind Damone Clark. He's behind Micah Baskerville. Mika Baskerville. There's too many good players there. Uh, It's also a good name. Yeah, that's a great name. Could be Hound. Uh, So the point I would make, is, uh, yeah, man, that dude was the number one Juco linebacker in the country in 2021. Let's go. Let's go. Don't just be strong. Bug strong. Be bug strong. Latest player to uh, enter the transfer portal uh, for for, uh, LSU. Uh, There will be more. Raid them. Bring me everyone. Oh, boo. Come on, that was good. That was good. Two days in a row. Two days in a row. Oh, jeez. Corey talked about wearing a cow costume, and I got in that the chicks weren't moved, and <laughs> and that was really good. Are you guys going to dress up for next week? Is that what's going on? I don't think so. We should. Oh, yesterday would have been the show, I guess. Yeah, that would have been the one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get my Tom Kite costume. I'm, I'm sorry. I failed us <laughs> all. Oh, man. I have a pirate costume I can wear on Friday, though, if you want. It's pretty good. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. We could just come as as we are. We could just All just, right, just come as Knowles. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you already had Aaron Anderson and uh, Edna Carr. Oh, Edna. Already decommit. Coy Moore entered the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> People in Baton Rouge are walking around, and in the distant background, they hear. <laughs> that's right. That's called conversation. <laughs> that's all they hear. Um. That's all they get. So I, I get those players into Tallahassee. Let's roll, baby. Let's go. And let's start with Bug. Bug will be out here kicking ass next year for the Knowles. That's what's going to happen. Let's go. Hey, you never know. We might have Emmett Rice back next year. He might get a hardship. Year 25. That's right. Emmett Rice. Uh, I love him. I'd like him to play. He plays hard. And he's uh, more talented than what we have out there right now. So that would that would work. 
Maybe some steps in the right direction, though. If you take a look at some of the numbers and you rewatch every play, we're tackling better at the position. We are. We're not well, always in position, but we're in position more often. Well, I'm, all I'm saying is if you want to run against us, I, I'm okay. I mean, yeah. uh, DJ Lundy will play downhill and bust your ass. That's right. The problem is you ain't going to cover anybody. So that's, that's where you get into some problems. Again, the thing with Florida State right now is we've identified some guys that can help you, but they seem to be, in many cases, one-dimensional. <laughs> That's what we got. I, Amari's played better of late, too. I was, you know. He's in, played in, better as of late. In, in preseason camp, it wasn't even close. I guess we could talk about that more the farther you get away from it. But it was Deloach and Lundy. Like, it was clear. Well, our fan base is delusional about Amari Gaynor, and I think it's because he's a um, legacy. And he looks the part, too, when you look at oh, him. Oh, he looks w- the part. When you look at him, you're like, that's a dude right there. But, you know, I, I got yelled at by our uh, Florida State fans on Warchant.com when I was talking before the season about our linebackers, and I was like, well, they're just not very good, and Amari Gaynor's got to get a lot better. You got yelled at on the message boards? What does that happen? I know, imagine that. But uh, I had pointed out that he was he was terrible in coverage. I mean, they just took advantage of him and that he was a tweener and that there were a lot of things that he just couldn't do, and that disappointed me. It's not that I don't have a, a strong liking for the kid. He seems to be nice enough. I just, I mean, I was pointing out that he had weaknesses in his game that his body did not suggest he'd have. He looks like an All-American. Right, he just doesn't right. play like he's, an All-American. He's a tweener. Yeah, he's a tweener. And so they were stuck as to what to do with him. And... um and that was kind of my point. I, I just – it was frustrating. He has played better. We just – we don't have complete linebackers. We've got guys that do one thing, in some cases, really well, uh, and then something else they just absolutely struggle with. And it drives me nuts because my favorite player of all time is Marvin Jones. And, you know, of course, Derek Brooks was one of the greatest players in program history as well. And you can go on for days about our linebackers. I mean, we had some really elite-level linebackers for a very long time, and it's a place where you should always have good linebacker play. And we don't. We just haven't. And it's – I mean – Geez, kind of post-Telvin. We just really haven't had yeah. much to ride home about at the position. That's correct, post-Telvin. Terrence Smith was all right, but he was hurt often, often, and then after that it was not so much. But in preseason camp, it looked like before any snap was taken in practice that it was going to be 33-32, and 32, Amara Gaynor and Steven Dix that had the, the edge. And then by week two, week three, you're like, oh, it's not even close. When you don't see Lundy and Deloach on the field, there is a significant drop-off. But I think they've all gotten better. Doesn't mean that they're magically complete linebackers, but I think they've gotten better, which is important because that's a position group that we're talking about from a both uh, from both a development standpoint and could recruiting get, standpoint. Yeah, and could get exposed this week. Um, it could, but I think it's turning around. I think we're going to have a nice little month here for Mr. Marv. Some guy writes, and quite literally, it's some guy, his handle. Uh, do you think that someone like Gaynor can become elite, or is he destined to be me- mediocre? He's destined to be mediocre. Next question. Yeah, he's just, Now, can he get better? Yes. Can he continue to get better to a place where he's not a hindrance and you don't worry about him and he plays within a scheme doing a certain thing that he's geared to do well? Yeah, yeah. you got to find that. you got to build towards that. He's got to continue to get bigger and stronger. And, and, yeah, he can do that. I think he's close to there in terms of playing within. About as best he can do, right? Well, yeah, I don't know about maximize, but I think he's to a place where if he's on the field, they've got a role carved out for him and he finishes those plays. And that's more than we could yeah, have said yeah, yeah. a month ago. That's fine. Hey, listen, Christian Jones did exactly that here, and he's doing it in the National Football League. Yep, yep. So, you know, I, I'm always hesitant to say that a guy can't go on to get the most out of what he is and find a role. Oh, yeah, you Vince can, Williams. Oh, well, geez, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he actually had what a, a, career. a very, very good career. Um, if you go to the right system with the right – and I'm not saying – well, let me just say this. 
the chance of him ever being uh, as versatile as we thought he could be just by looking at him and what we thought he was coming in, yeah, that ain't happening. He's revealed now that he's stiff enough in the hips. That's just not going to happen. Can he be uh, with a very defined role, a thing that is productive for your defense, and it's an asset? Yes. Yes, he could. And that would lead one to go, oh, well, Jeff has picked on this guy for years, and he's out here making seven tackles a game. And No, no. He can be a productive player. He's never going to be elite. He's never yeah, going to be versatile. Yeah, the question was a leader, mediocre. What's he going to be closer uh, to? More, more likely mediocre. Uh, but let's just hope he can zoom in, find in, you know, this one thing. Let's go. Let's. So the problem is he's not big enough really to be a Russian, and he's not fast enough in space as a linebacker. He doesn't have great instincts either. So there's a lot of things there that are kind of. But he's finishing plays better. He's taking he better is, angles, he is, he and is. if he gets his arms on you, you're going down. It's more oh, likely to happen. Guy, yeah, yeah. But even before he didn't have the right leverage, and, and you'd see him get in a position to make a play, and he wouldn't be able to finish the play. You're like, well, okay, we finally put you in a position you're not even going to finish. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to stop calling for you to be on the field oh, more. I did. I all but did that, right? I mean, yeah. I stopped yeah. talking about it. So did the coaches for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Oh, War Chant TV, before we go, let's do this thing. Let's give away some food from our friends over there at Witch Witch. Witch Witch. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, which, which Wicked Wednesday is here on Wednesdays. The Wicked is just $5. Five meats, three cheeses, five bucks. Tallahassee listeners, viewers only, please. My cue to call is what you want to do here. We're going to give one away for you. That is five meats and three cheeses of goodness from Wicked, well, from which which it is the Wicked, and your time to call to win a free one is right now. Caller three. Make it happen. 386-TALK. Three eight six talk eight six eighty two fifty five three eight six talk caller three we'll be back damn it Tom Kucherov eight to ten weeks I didn't tell you no. sorry I knew that I mean I knew that he was banged up and I'm like 8 to 10 weeks that's that's our life these days. Yeah, you'll be back in time to go to the Olympics and hold your breath when he's in the Olympics. Screw the Olympics, get it together Kucherov. You worry about the lightning winning a third straight cup. Uh <clears throat> Oh, what the hell? I'm reading the wrong thing here. Get it together, Jeff. I got all out of sorts with the Kucherov. That wasn't a dated uh, Kucherov thing that you were reading, was it? Man? No, that's no, it's Uh, While many other roofing companies hire out subcontractors to do their work for them, T-Spark Enterprises hires employees, and that's because they value the immense benefits that come with having a trusted, reliable, and highly trained crew that can be held to the high standards T-Spark is known for. Experts in their craft with pride in their work. That's the T-Spark difference. T-Spark is the best in town, period. Call them today at 766-1340. We'll get a free quote online at tsparkconstruction.com. I read that really well. You did. That was quite good. It was a good read. Uh, Anyhow, sorry. I said aside, I wanted to point out here, too, that uh, Nagy is saying that uh, he's not real sure uh, that uh, Mac is going to play against the 49ers. And I would have followed that question up. uh, As a Bears fan, if I I were, Uh, okay, great. Khalil Mack may not play. Are they going to fire you next week? Because the Bears should fire Matt Nagy. That dude is ridiculous. There are moments in that game against the Bucks that I thought, my God, I you have me out here feeling terrible for this poor kid at quarterback who you've left out to dry. 
I'm sorry, which coach were you talking about? I was at tsparkconstruction.com. Somebody <laughs> told me I just felt compelled <laughs> to go to tsparkconstruction.com. Yeah, Matt Nagy's it, dumbass. Yeah, well, indeed. Isn't he restricted this week? Didn't he get a test positive for COVID, or was that uh, a— uh, They should fire him. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know what they're waiting on. They should fire him. Yeah, I, I thought that effort. And you know what? The NFL is weird. Just when you expect somebody to get the, the axe, like when Minnesota's kicker last year, for example, mm. missed like 74 kicks in yeah, one game. That's it's a tough. It's a new NFL record. And they kept him on the roster. And he's thought, still doing what? all right. Yeah. How is he not like not on the plane? Yeah. They should have left him on the tarmac. Uh, well, he missed a ton against the Bucks. You're through a quarter and a half against mm. the Bucks, And you know, this reminds me of Byron, first year with Jameis. Only leaving five in to protect, oh, yeah. nobody else. Yeah. They can't block it. They can't do it. We didn't have Tristan Wirfs in those days, and there was just an all-out rush on every single play. And this kid's a rookie in the formative moments of his development, and you're not going to help him? You're going to have him go run for his life? Man, that's not what you do, because after I fire you, you have already set this kid back a year in his development. So you're doing more damage than good beyond the wins and losses. You're doing more damage to the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, care of the pro of the uh, program. Listen to me; it's college. To the franchise, he's gone. He's got to be. I'd be furious. Yeah, no, no. I I think Bears fans are. That's just an aside. But we got to see it up close and personal watching that game this past Sunday. I thought, ooh, that's not what you do. This whole this thing is all wrong. He got my man out here just taking an ass beating on every play. Expect him to go down there, play good defense. You're like, wow, nothing. There's really ooh, nothing. They got they nothing. Don't, they got they nothing. don't care. No, they got nothing right now. They're, they've checked out on that guy. Uh, I did like that we're already to a place, and I know it's got to make him crazy, but uh, they welcomed back Todd McShay at ESPN. He uh, he had to take a leave of absence, if you recall. So you don't know this whole story? No. Well, Is it for like a bad personal reason, or is it nefarious no, reasons? No, no, no. I think it's a medical reason, and, and, and okay. not that I'm aware of. Listen, he, you can go find it. It wasn't one of his better moments. He was on the sideline for a game last year, and they went to him. Uh, it wasn't good. It sounded like he was in the back. Oh, that he had been tailgating. He sounded. He, like, it sounded like Chris Berman. Yeah, Chris Berman at the Cubs World yeah, Series. Yeah, yeah. He sounded like that. Now, at the time that I saw that, I went, "Oh no!" I mean, it's an afternoon game, and my man is in the bag on right, the sidelines. Right, right. But turned out he had COVID, and callers, like viewers of the game, were calling in to ESPN, going, "Hey, man, somebody needs to go check on your boy." He looks terrible, and he's making no sense. He's slurring. He looks puffy. Everything about him looks bad. So I, so naturally, when I saw that, I thought, oh, he was getting after the booze a little bit. Turns out he had COVID, and he had a really bad reaction, as some people have, obviously, like, you know, 600,000-plus dead. But anyhow, my man ended up having to be hospitalized. He didn't see his family or his kids or anything for over 40 days. Whoa, I had no idea. And then when he recovered, he was like, yeah, I'm going to take some time away, everybody. I got I to gotta get right. I don't know what any of that means as far as the extra time off and all that, but he was, if you noticed, he was gone. You couldn't find him anywhere. He was like, think about it. When was the last time you saw him? I don't know the last time I looked for him. I'm glad he's healthy. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he made his return, I guess, this week on uh, Get Up or whatever, and even Greenberg was like, uh, oh, we're, we're excited to have him back. So he's been gone a long time, Tom. Why do I bring this up? It's not the trials and travails of Todd McShay and his family. It's because we've got a mock. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got a mock. Uh, and he's got Thibodeau, number one, obviously, going from Todd, over. we're excited to have you back. I'm glad everything is ironed out. When's that mock? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, let's get we're, to We're it. about three yeah. months behind. Well, the reason I bring it up is uh, I want to look at this top four, man. The top four are all, you're like, yep, that'll do it. Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a beast, yeah. obviously. Derek Stingley Jr., who's a beast at LSU. 
Evan Neal, and we think about what could have been because oh, yeah. we got the wrong Neal. And then, well, even with Thibodeau, I mean, you know, he, if we didn't bother to get blown out by Virginia Tech, he yeah, might have might have been here. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's true. And then Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, who can go quite literally sideline to sideline <laughs> faster than anybody we have <laughs> ever seen in our life. I you're gonna say who can go f himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's just totally what that sounded like yeah. was coming. No, he's he's a beast. He is a beast. I didn't realize he's 6'4", 225 pounds. 6'4"? No, I would have guessed 6'2". I thought he was rangy, but 6'4 is... He's 6'4", wow. 225, wow. Yeah, running he... like a 5'11", 4'1 yeah. guy. I, I really, that, that first pick was on Jordan. That second one, well, he's just, doing everything right. It's just an insane That's pick. It's just a center fielder who has Andrew Jones-type jump on stuff. It was one of the best. I mean, that's uh, we've seen a lot of plays since then. It was opening night. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen a better one. In all of college, well, okay, the oh. interception from the OU kid, uh, yeah. that interception, the one hand, that thing was insane. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of truckings. There are more truckings in college football these days, which I love to see. Well, hell, there are more truckings every week in the NFL. Any yeah. game that uh, a certain running back at Tennessee plays in is a, a guaranteed four or five truckings. That's actually an interesting game. They got Indianapolis this weekend. And uh, Indy's run defense is pretty good. It might force old Tanny Hill to throw the ball a little bit. <laughs> Tanny Hill. <laughs> yeah. I suppose I shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> no, you could. You could. I mean, it was funny. But, uh, no, they're playing great right now. All of a sudden, the Titans are like, hey, guys, did you notice we uh, beat both Buffalo and Kansas City? Get you some of that back-to-back. That's doing some things. It's an interesting spot, uh, though. Uh, the Colts might oh, be a lot, though. I think I know who. I think I know who Tom's going with. By yeah. the way, tomorrow's Redemption Thursday show is going to be fun. I may give you fifteen games. I love the slate. Going to be a good slate. How was the Giant card last week? The Giant card went well. I didn't bet enough games, and <laughs> I learned. Let me tell you something. Okay, like Fred Flintstone. Uh, here, here's what my dumbass did. So I believe I have a philosophy. I believe you need to bet in bulk. You don't need to bet two games. You need to bet 25. Now, that sounds like, oh, you got a problem. No, no, no. Right. You, you can't just handpick games. You've got, if you've got a feeling, if you have a, a play, I'm not saying just make up a play. If you've got a play on a game and you're writing it down for the week and, you, and the number is 18, don't run for the hills. Play the 18 games and go 10 and 8 and make your profit or go 11 and 7 right. and make your profit. Mm-hmm. Don't pick three of the 18 because you feel really strong about those three, that's a recipe for disaster. I did that like a dummy because I, me of all people, I got afraid of my 20 games that I like. Oh, no. So then you know what I did? I chased on Sunday, and thank God I won. I had the three-team teaser pleaser. So so you did two things wrong. But you didn't I, bet but, your gut, and then you chased, but you got bailed oh, out. Oh, I got bailed out because I'm shrewd. I saw that three-team teaser pleaser, and I said, that's a three-team teaser pleaser I can get down with. And I did it, and I won. And that was at plus 160. There you go. All right. That nice. works. And I was like, all right, a little plus 163. And yeah. the Dolphins paid it off. I was so scared. And they scored that last touch. And I was like, we're in the money, boys. We just have to. Because I teased it up to eight. We're good to go. Oh, to cut. Okay. I see what yeah, you're Yeah, I just yeah. needed them to cover. Yeah. They could choke all day long, and they did. But, uh, man, they got problems out of nowhere. Yeah, Looked oh, like Flores you, had that whole operation you, buttoned up. Ready to go? Tua's pick was the dumbest thing you'll ever see. I was like, what? You're going to make me hate you. Well, that's what they're saying about the pick of Tua as well. Well, the pick he threw that really led this whole thing to be in disarray, I thought, oh, well, this is, we're, we've got problems here. But hey, you know what? They did go back down and score. It was a big deal. That plus eight carried the day. And then, of course, I easily covered with New England well, and Green Bay. Gusecki's a good player. 
Really good player. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, strong dude. Yeah, he's sneaky hey, good. Hey, sneaky good player. Come back, wrap it up momentarily. My man hit that snare with a little what for? He'll pop your eardrums. <laughs> great album, great song. Let's get to it. I should probably let everybody know a couple of things. First of all, tonight, what time, Tom, for... Um, Wake Up War Chant uh, live? Live at 545 right here for those of you who are watching on War Chant TV. The podcast will be available in the morning for those of you that do that. But if you want to interact live, 545 p.m. Probable is brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering the payroll and HR services, I should say. Not a anything. It's payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Cue it up. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? All right, all right, 8.09 p.m., Minute Maid Park. On Fox, Game 2, World Series, Max Free. Jose, you're quitting. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the boat. I'm gonna miss this music at the end of the show. I mean, it's gonna play us out, yeah, but we'll have to do it. yeah. I created a debate apparently because I talked about Marvin Jones being my favorite player of all time, and he is at Florida State lore. Uh, that said, uh, it's fun to listen to all you guys or read your thoughts on the War Chant TV here, uh, weighing in on your favorite linebackers and guys that you thought were great. What it does is remind me of how many damn fine linebackers we've had over the years, and need to get back to having because we don't have them currently. And that is really, really frustrating. We were, for a time, a, uh, a mass producer of excellence at the position. And um, I, will, I will note that um, while some of you would say that it was Derek Brooks was your favorite guy, or uh, you might point to somebody else on the list of uh, great players, uh, Sam Cowart was a great linebacker. He was not Marvin Jones. Don't do that. Favorite player in the Jimbo era to present, quickly. Tim Jernigan. Great answer. I got to go with Dalvin. Yeah. yeah, that's the other answer. Good work out of you. Good work, uh, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Enjoy the day. Talk to you tomorrow.